It's pretty simple. You want to talk about who is dumb? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole, the CDC is like this whole governmental body with scientists and shit that just tell us what to do. You don't have to think about it, dude. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. One man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, I'm your host, David. Taco here. And Wolfie's out there somewhere. There he is. All right. Uh, Like you brought up earlier, Mr. John Cena. Yeah, he he got in a little trouble, which... I mean, I'm not saying he got in trouble, but you could immediately see the backpedaling, you know, because he was he was being interviewed, I think, by a, a Taiwanese news station, you know, because I guess Fast and the Furious, the new one, nine is going to be released over there, overseas in China and that area first before the U.S. It, uh, most movies usually uh-huh. are. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, like weeks before. Yeah. That they're really pushing it because that's where well, he was a, that's where all their money comes from, in especially in those movies. Well, he's all his uh, his apology was going out to the Chinese people, not to the Taiwanese people, right? Because he, he made, mean, that's he made why, the statement that Taiwan was a country, right? But that's why and he was being interviewed China, by him. China doesn't acknowledge them as being a country, and I believe they are a country. I mean, they've got their own flag and everything, you know. Yeah, they're their own separate um the china but the the ccp doesn't recognize them they think that they're all a part of the uh i copied a big thing the people's republic of china that's it yeah the army yeah which is representative china and then the roc the republic of china is you know what includes beijing yeah taiwan and now everything is the ccp and they the you know communist chinese party is controls is over or they are because <clears throat> like I, I i have this one clip did you ever see the one of the who when that woman was interviewing the head of the who and she asked about including Ta- uh, taiwan into the uh who <clears throat> no i haven't seen that yeah WHO considered Taiwan's membership. Hello? We, with the, with the I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I couldn't hear your question. Okay, yeah, let me, let, let me, let me repeat the question. No, so. that's okay. Let, let's move to another one then. When Islewood was asked about Taiwan, he stalled for close to 10 seconds and avoided a reporter's question, but the reporter persisted. I'm actually curious on talking about Taiwan as well, on Taiwan's case. In the video, you can see him lean up and disconnect. <laughs> <laughs> goes doo doo ends that zoom yeah. call. 
Yeah, he didn't want to answer that question. No. You know, because he's probably in China's pocket. Right. You know, I thought for a while if anything would cause a war, it would be Taiwan. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. Well, not ta- I'm, I'm not here's the thing. Taiwan I, I heard himself, someone make this point. But China, you know. I heard someone make this this point this morning is that when in Hong Kong, there were treaties, you know, and China wasn't supposed to come in the way that they're coming in and taking over everything. Right. And and there's there are treaties, there are signed treaties in place that say that you know the, uh, I guess the British and the Americans will stand up for Hong Kong, but, but we're not because Biden says that China is an amazing ally. We're just allow this uh, evil communist regime to uh, just rough, rough. Well, yeah, but, no, because they make when, everything when in the you're, you know, when you're picking people up off the street and they disappear for months at a time, uh, you're not an amazing ally. No, you just disappeared, Dave. I know. I turned my. Did video you throw down off. a bat bomb, a bat smoke bomb? Yeah, I turned the video off because you you kept freezing up. Mm. So you went full techno. Okay. You never go full techno. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to. Just bad internet connection tonight. Yep. Oh well. But uh, yeah. So to you FBI agents that are listening in and yeah. it's messing with the internet, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, please go away for a little while. Let us converse. Yeah, just just listen to the podcast after it's done. Yeah, you can. Exactly. You can get your podcasts. You can get this podcast where you get your podcast from. Did yeah. the lights flicker a And then bit you can now? listen to us and rip us a new one. I thought I seen That's the FBI flicker. telling you, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if my lights are going to flicker. You know what really? This, oh, that you know, would be good. You know what this reminds me of is when uh, the guys on the Big Bang Theory, they wired their house up so that <laughs> oh, people yeah. could control their lights and stuff over the internet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just That's waiting. Hilarious. I'm just waiting on one of these screens to go totally black and the thing will pop up and be like, knock, knock, Neo. <laughs> there you go. You want the red pill or the blue one? Here's some of John Cena's uh, apology. 你好,中国,就是叫西呢,我必须说现在,在速度与剧情中,我做很多采访,很多很多很多,所以在一个采访,我有一个错误。All right, for all of you non-Mandarin speaking people out there, I'll translate that for you. He ordered some Mugu Gao Pan. Yeah. No, he was like, I made a mistake. I must say it right now. It is so, 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 so important. I love and respect Chinese people. So, yeah, he uh, he was backpedaling, kissing butt hard. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, when when, when he did that right there, he lost his man card. Yeah. I'm I mean, sorry. I'm going to be honest. Who was probably half of his sponsors with, like, his personal life that to do things how many commercials does he do that are like chinese and mandarin for him to have such a good accent mm. so he's probably on there like advertising like male lipstick in china and we just never see the commercials because it's <laughs> only in china mm-hmm. yeah the, there is a, a lot of uh i think that's a big thing a lot of the professional wrestlers do tv commercials overseas like that yeah oh yeah they have a big following I understand it. I mean, he, if you're you're, it's like which party do you want to upset? The ones who are, you know, making seventy, eighty percent of your movies' income, or half the people in this country? Well, first of all, the news isn't going to cover it. 
Now the uh, it, it's kind of going viral pretty good on social media just for the side that's wanting to bash him. But mm-hmm. but three days from now, nobody will even really put a thought into it. But I guarantee, yeah. if he didn't do that, China three days from now would still be really upset over it. Oh yeah, and they'd be you know moaning and whining about it. Right, they wouldn't allow the movie to be you know released in them. In, and in, and that's 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 really where the brass tacks come down. Is there's billions of people in China. I'm not now. I'm not sure how many of them actually make enough money to be able to go see a movie. Right. But uh, you know they're wanting to get into that market, and so and they don't want to offend people. I wish they had that same kind of uh, of consideration for people here in this country who they offend. You know, like hey, you know, we probably shouldn't do this in the movie. This might offend X. You know population of americans whether they be christians or conservatives or or whatever you know if i thought i offended the chinese government enough that i would have to learn mandarin to apologize (laughs) i would just film myself playing the video game for computer command and conquer generals because it's banned in china simply from the beginning of the game if you play the chinese campaign it shows you know the the big hell march that that they do and a bunch of nukes go off and blow everything up so it's banned. Awesome. It's banned in China for that. It's an old game, but I just film myself playing it and be like, "Anyhow, here we'll jump topic a little bit." <clears throat> you know, Biden's his uh, nominee for the ATF director. Um, what's his name? David Chapman. You know, he was going through, I guess, like the confirmation type hearings where they, uh, you know, they grill him, ask him questions, and uh, here's one of them. Can't remember. I've got it. Ted Cruz was asking him about it, but I don't know if it's this clip. Um, yeah, this. Here we go. Mr. Chipman, a minute ago, uh, Senator Whitehouse asked you if any of your views on guns are out of step with the majority of the American people. Um, they are. They are. Fifteen is one of, if not the most popular rifle in America. It's not a machine gun. It's a rifle. Uh, your public position is that you want to ban AR-15s. Is that correct? Senator, uh, thank you for the question, and thank you for our visit yesterday and offering me a Dr. Pepper. It made me reminisce about my time in Central Texas. But now to your uh, question. Uh, with respect to the AR-15, uh, I support uh, a, a ban as, um, as has been presented um, in uh, a Senate bill. Uh, and supported by the president. Um, the AR-15 is a gun I was issued on ATF's SWAT team, and it's a particularly lethal weapon, um, and regulating it as other particularly lethal weapons um, I have advocated for. Um, as ATF director, if I'm confirmed, I would simply enforce the laws on the books, and right now um, there is no such uh, ban on those guns. But that's their, that's what they're the bill that's proposed would do. Um, yeah. Well, see, you see the way he sidestepped that. Right. He's like, right now there's not a, I would, I would enforce whatever law there is right, right now. There's not one, but as soon as there is, I'm going to. Right. But, basically he, what he's saying. He, so he supports the ban. And here's the thing. It's and not only is it one of the most popular weapons out there. And like I said, it's a rifle. 
Uh, I read an article just the other day. A pregnant woman was able to defend her home and her husband and her children against a home invasion uh, by using an AR-15. Right. Lord, I need one before it's, this happens. As a as a as a platform, it is so just. It's so easy to, to use. And there's hardly no kick. You got a, but you've got a lot of good. You get a good punch out of the rounds. So I mean, if you got to pull the trigger on somebody, you know, you're not having to worry about you know like a shotgun going. You know, you well, can stay on target. You know, put your rounds where you want them to go. That's one thing about an AR-15 uh, is it literally. Like it shoots great, and but it feels like a BB gun. It's like a really loud BB yeah. gun. Yeah, yeah. It's like a twenty-two. But for home, that's what <clears throat> I want. I want an AR, uh, one of the AR, the pistols. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's what I like. Yeah, I can so. see it now in the future. No, nope, no, nope. sawed-off ARs are illegal. Um, well, uh, you, <clears throat> this is really cool because when I was uh, when I was deployed to. Uh, the desert storm we had a uh it was a it was a very small ar or not really ar it was an m16 type weapon like but a, they had these four? little ball turrets they had these little ball turrets on the on the ramp that came down and you could take that weapon and stick it in there and it didn't have a buttstock on it but it had the tube for the uh for the spring in there so you could you know cycle your rounds you could take it and stick it in that ball turret and look through the periscope and if someone was trying to, you know, come to the back of the track and do some nefarious things, you could stick that in there and shoot out the back of it. And it was, in a sense, it was probably about the same size as an M16 or a AR uh, pistol, maybe a little bit smaller. Well, they want to ban ARs, but you never hear anything about the other assault weapons that are technically out there, like a SCAR or any of that. <clears throat> Let me play mm. the next clip for you. Oh, no. Because he's for, you know, banning AR-15s, but he's also for banning assault rifles. And so here's his definition of an assault rifle. You have called for an assault weapons ban. I have a simple question for you. What is an assault weapon? Senator, um, an assault weapon would be, in in the context of the question you asked, what Congress uh, defines it as. So you're asking us to ban assault weapons. We have to write legislation. Can you tell me what is an assault weapon? How would you define it if you were the chair, the head of the ATF? How have you defined it over the last several years uh, as your role as a gun control advocate? Um, Senator, um, if I'm confirmed as ATF director, um, you know, my recollection is the only um, um, process but by which ATF is weighed in is that I know there's a demand letter three program which requires multiple reports uh, multiple sale reports on the southwestern border and ATF in that program has defined an assault rifle as any semi-automatic rifle capable of accepting a detachable magazine um, above the caliber of 22 which would include a 223 which is you know, largely the so, AR-15 round. So you, you believe that every weapon that takes a detachable magazine that can take a 22 round or, or 556 in military parlance should be defined as an assault weapon? Um, let me clarify. Uh, what I believe I just said is any semi-automatic rifle. Um, with, okay, any semi-automatic rifle. Um, what, what? That's the definition. 
a detachable magazine that takes a 556 or 22 round should be defined as an assault weapon. So anything that any rifle I thought is semi automatic anything above a 22. Yeah, anything above anything above a 22. But yeah, that's everything. Well, wouldn't like a um, semi-automatic mm-hmm. rifle wouldn't that be like even Yeah, pretty much. Just like um the detachable magazine would that not count for like a oh uh, what was it World War Two rifle with the the little clip that you pushed into the top of the yeah oh, yeah called uh, M1 Garana yeah was that, that was that's that falls yeah that would that also category. include that too see is it's just broadening the definition and then mm, picture in a few years when they redefine it from assault rifle to assault weapon. Yep. Then it's not just any rifle that takes a magazine clip. It's any it's a semi-automatic pistol. weapon that takes a, a clip that shoots anything larger than twenty-two, which would be everything almost. Be so your forty-five's you know. gone. Forty-five, nine millimeter, mm-hmm. forty cal, ten millimeter. 45. I mean, pretty much everything. I mean, what do you got a twenty-two pistol for yeah. shooting anybody anyway? What do you got a twenty-two pistol shooting anything but targets for anyway? Right. Now some of them are nice. They're nice, but, but uh, I mean, yeah, they're uh, not for defense. No, they're not. And that's, that's what they want that's, because that's they don't want defense. they don't want us to be able to defend ourselves against them. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's the thing: back, I think it was after Reagan got shot, they tried to do this uh, this weapons ban on the. Uh, assault rifles or AR-15s and they they did it for so many years and then they they stopped the the, the law it had a, a time frame on it and then they went back and looked at the uh, at the numbers and there was no discernible difference between you know when they had the ban and when they didn't as far as like people using them for for bad things well the whole point of the second amendment right. is as a matter of fact just the whole point of the Second Amendment is not for people to have guns to make videos. It's to defend yourself and your country against tyrants. Yes, whether they be foreign or domestic. Mm-hmm. And that's that, see, that's just it. People that are worried about me having a gun, an AR-15, are the people that are going to do something, and they're afraid that we might piss off enough people that they'll come and do something because of what we're wanting to do, this socialism, communism type agenda that we're keep pushing well if they don't want you to you have know, all them, the american people there's a reason they don't want you to have them they've they have their own ideas and their own agenda or they wouldn't yeah be going that because of this a disarmed populace what can you do once they take all the weapons away what are you going to do you know you're going to be like the guy that was took the frying pan to the antifa guys you know <laughs> yeah. don't 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 that's about all you got left at that point. Once they take all your weapons away, now you're no longer a uh, you're no longer a citizen. You're a you're a serf, it's like, or yeah, a slave. Part of this country will like if anything like that ever actually happened, it wouldn't be a civil war. It'd be more like Bosnia back in the nineties. But if you you look back in the Middle Ages, the the average people they weren't allowed to own weapons. Now, if you were a knight, of course you 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 because know, then you're a part of the uh, you're part of the government. You know, what I'm saying you're part of the ruling class. But if you were just an average individual person living on a on say a knight's or a baron's land, farming it stuff like that, you weren't necessarily allowed to to own weapons. 
where you were talking about Reagan getting shot. That reminded me. Do you ever have you ever seen that clip of Reagan? Uh, this is just a couple months after he got shot. Um, he was in Berlin giving a speech, and the balloon pops <laughs> out yeah. in the crowd, and he's like, "You missed me." He's like, "Missed me." Here it is. By its very existence <laughs> yes. and character, Berlin remains the most compelling argument for an open world. We're reminded of the many traditions of openness and democracy that have marked the history of this city. Amer missed me. <laughs> yeah, he was just so cool. <laughs> he was an amazing president. He really was. And for you wouldn't think that this that he would be as good a president as he was, considering the background that he came out of. He was, you know, he came out of Hollywood. Right. He was the governor of California. You figured he would have been a far left, crazy, you know, like left leaning person. But uh, he actually wasn't. He actually had a little bit of common sense about him. Kind of like Trump. Yeah. Well, I think Trump has some common sense about him too, uh, but not when it comes to making tweets. Uh, when it comes know. to bit. When it comes to business and making the right decisions for, you know, hey, look, we need to do this, we need to do this, then, yeah, he's, he's smart. It, he's got a communications problem. I don't know too many tweets that he said that were bad. If if That depends what your intention it's, is. If your intention is to be a part of the mainstream news cycle tomorrow, what you tweet tonight, that you can sway the media, you can direct yeah. them. Oh, it worked. Like, you know, he, he was a, a marionette when it come to them. Now, he, yeah, he, he would say mean things. But. Yeah, he would. Well, and he, didn't, he didn't really censor himself, which, I mean, you know, as an American, you really shouldn't have to. Right. Because you, everybody is supposed to have freedom of speech, and that includes the president. Right. And they have the freedom to say it, just like I have the freedom to not listen. Not on Twitter, exactly. Or Facebook, but yeah. But the rule is no. You, I have to because I don't approve. I have to make sure that you don't have the the uh, ability to, to say it, because now everybody has to have my opinion. You see, and that's that's the thing. There's a group of people out there that they want to control everything. What you say, what you see, what you hear. Yeah, you know. And that's just, they're just evil people. Evil. Because they want to control everything. The sad part is it's, like, it's actually it's working. Like death by a thousand cuts. A little bitty, you know, they just want to, it's, it's stupid. This and country it really is, is doomed. He's going to make sure it happens. This planet yeah, is doomed. He's working, he's, he's working hard on it. Now, when this this pipeline thing happened back here just recently, one of his uh, one of his people came out and said uh, said the best way to move uh, petroleum products is through a pipeline. But and yet, the first thing he does when he comes into power into the presidency is he stops the Keystone Pipeline. Right. If that's the best way to move petroleum products, why did you do that? Oh, wait a minute, I know because Trump was the one that brought it into being. And you just wanted to undo everything he did, whether it was a good idea or a good decision or not. 
you're just like, oh, Trump did this, so we're going to do an executive order to get rid of it. But we're not worried about the Keystone Pipeline. We're, we're worried about the Russians that hacked the other pipeline and created a gas shortage. We don't even everybody know. Went out we don't and, even know if that was really Russians or not. No, nah, everybody created. That could have been our own government that did that. Every, everybody created their own problem with it here. They just went out and just hoarded gas, and that was the whole reason the price went up. And then they wanted to complain that the price went up. People are idiots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they're out bringing, you know, they're bringing like 100-gallon tanks and filling them up and driving off with them, or 55-gallon drums in the back of their truck. I don't know why gas is going up and why we're having a shortage. (laughs) I only got two 55-gallon drums filled up. Maybe because the system's working exactly how it's supposed to. The supply is going down and the demand is going up. So what's going to happen to that price? Mm -hmm. It's going to go up. We were driving down the street. Uh, when all this stuff first kicked off, looked over, there was a, we were going by a gas station and there was a guy there and a girl, a man and a woman. I, I guess they were married or whatever. But uh, they had their little SUV, had the tailgate up, and it looked like they had about eight to ten, probably five-gallon gas tank or gas cans, just filling them up as fast as they could. And you know they filled up their car, too, and then they oh, started yeah. filling these gas cans. You know, I'm just like, really? This is the reason we're going to get a shortage right here. It's people yeah. that go crazy, go nuts, and they go out and do stuff like this. But, you know, when, when something like that has, like I said, the, the market's working exactly how it should. And the price mm-hmm. is going to go up. But it's gonna it should be a temporary, you know, blip. <laughs> but Depending on how idiotic right, people can be. Right. And But it depends... The only thing that would could make would make it worse, but I, I bet there would be a ton of people in this country that would be, oh yeah, that's a good idea. We should do this. Is if the government would step in and go, you know, no, we're not going to let the market control that because people can manipulate it and people will drive it up and things happen to drive it down and we're going to regulate the pricing on this for it and then. You know, but there'll be a lot of people out there because, yeah, that's a good idea. They should do that. That's a shady road. Yeah. But, but yeah, there would be a lot but, of people. But there. I would expect that from a Democrat because. Oh, yeah, definitely. As back in like the Great Depression, uh, FDR, he was making policy based on who he wanted to succeed and who he wanted to keep from, from succeeding. He wanted, they want to pick the winners and the losers, you know, and if you have the right political leaning, you're going to be one of the winners. And if you don't have the right political rankings, then you're going to be one of the losers. Right. That's the way they do business. But like the clip that I played in the opening of Ethan from H3H3, his podcast. I mean, he lays it out. I'll play it again. He, he lays it out exactly how a lot of people in this country view the government and their role. It's pretty simple. You want to talk about who is dumb? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole, the CDC is like this whole governmental body with scientists and shit that just tell us what to do. You don't have to think about it, dude. Yeah, you don't even yeah. have to think about it. Just do whatever they tell you. You you know, why yeah, just, why should we be free thinkers? Just like the, the Tuskegee experiment that they did on right. all those black <laughs> yeah. people back in the 60s. <clears throat> you know, don't, don't question anything. Just do what they tell you. It don't matter if you end up with cancer or or brain damage or whatever, you end up dead in three years because they've given you something that's going to kill you. Don't let me, don't ask questions. Right. One of the, what is it? The, the 
most frightening words in the human language are I'm from the government. I'm here to help. help. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not. You're here to make things worse. If they like, I remember back, uh, this was years ago and, uh, Florida was getting hit with a lot of hurricanes. So they decided to come up with this anti price gouging law. Right. And it basically, what it did is when a hurricane would go through Florida, people in the surrounding States that weren't as affected as badly would, pack up they would go out they'd buy a bunch of supplies they'd rent a big truck and they would take it down to florida and they would sell it you know they would be bringing in supplies and they would make a profit you know and you think well it's so terrible to make a profit on these these people just went through this hurricane and everything like that well yeah i mean in a way it is bad but there's that motivation to do that because you can make a profit right and now and now they've got this anti-price gouging law, and you don't see ordinary, regular people willing to step up that much anymore, right? Because there's not there's nothing in it for them to do. So that has been shoved off. That's why we get FEMA, right? I, I think and there it takes forever. Be a- it takes forever to get you know back. Like that's what it took like two or three years before they yeah. got back after that last hurricane went through. I mean, I, I think there should be like, a distinguish. Is there should be something that distinguishes between. <clears throat> because yeah, if if you're, you know, uh, uh, somebody like you said that you, let's say, load all these trucks in North Carolina, and you load tractor and trailer load of stuff that you truck down to Florida, and you sell and make a profit on, I think that should be just fine because you're bringing stuff into an area that they don't have, yeah, and that they need to right. get back to a sense of normalcy, right? Regardless, of I mean, price. you think about it. You think about it. Okay, let's say I'm I'm doing generators. Right. I'm sending generators down there, and each one of my units is like a hundred bucks a piece, and I sell it for a hundred and fifty dollars or whatever. So now I've got to I've got to rent a truck, which there's an expense to that. I've got to get somebody to load the truck, so you got to pay somebody to do that. Then you got to pay somebody to drive the truck down there, and then you got to send one of your salesmen down there with you with with your inventory to keep an eye on it. And to also sell it to people. So you've you've taken all this expense on yourself so that you can send those those items down there and you want to make a little bit of money off of it too. I mean you're doing right. it to help, but you also want to make some money off of it. You want to see some return on your investment. Right. You know, so you you have to mark up your, your generators a little bit to sell them, you know, so that you can make the money back that you're spending doing all these extra things. Now, I think that kind of thing should be exempt. It should be exempt from it. But now, if you go into your local Lowe's, let's say you're down there in Florida, and you go into the Lowe's in Florida, and you buy all 23 generators that they have on the sales floor, and you take them outside and put them on the back of your flatbed and start selling them there, to me, that's that's when gouging should actually step in, because then then you are taking advantage of people. You're not providing an extra service. You're just sticking a middleman in the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can see that. But if you, if you're actually bringing the stuff in where it didn't exist, then yeah, I think you should be free to make whatever you can make because you're like, well, see, what would and, be the and other that was difference? The motiv- that was the motivation for people to do stuff like that. When Florida got hit, they could go down there, they could, provide things that people needed they could also make a little bit of money for themselves 
and then and and get the the communities back up on their feet. But then they took that incentive away from people right. when they passed this this crazy law. And so now you got, like I said, you got FEMA, and you got to wait for the government to come and do everything. And it's just not as efficient. Well, it's because to, they you know, they have to, to they try and govern everything with a blanket. You know, we we can't do a specific rule for this and one for this and one for this. We have to make a blanket rule, like whether it's you know anti you know price gouging. It has to cover. Okay, during this time, you can't mark anything up more than sixteen percent above cost, or whatever. Um, instead of saying, like we said, there is a distinction. If I come into the area and then tie up all the resources myself by buying them, taking them out of the away from the people who could buy them. But if I live 10 states away and I bring all this stuff in, if I the difference would be is if at the beginning of the day I chose to just stay at home, if I just stayed at home and didn't truck anything in, they would be worse off regardless of price. Yeah, they would be. And that's why you don't see these, like I said, you have these disasters and everything like that, and it takes forever to get these communities back up on their feet because, you know, they've, they've taken that incentive out. You, you know, if, if you're a few states away and you've been unaffected by this storm or this natural disaster or whatever that's happened, you should be able to, you know, like I said, you should be able to figure out what they need, load up a big truck of it, take it down there and sell it right. and make a little bit of money. You know, because you're taking stuff in to help get people back on their feet. And it's going to probably be a little bit more expensive because, well, you know, it was up here in North Carolina or Virginia or Maryland or Pennsylvania or wherever, you know, but we've seen what happened to your your city or your town, you know, and it's just been devastated by a hurricane. You know, we're here to help, but we also, we can't just eat the cost of this stuff. You know, we can't just bring it down here for free. Right. I had actually seen a uh, flatbed uh, eighteen wheeler yesterday. It had like at least eighteen point four billion dollars like worth of product on the back of it. Full of lumber. Yeah, nothing but wood, <laughs> nothing but two by fours, side yeah. to side, and six feet up. There was a a meme on our face page, and it was showing the difference between a hundred board feet of lumber under Biden and under uh, Mr. Trump. And under Biden, I think it was like over a thousand dollars, and for Trump, it was like three hundred. Oh, for a hundred so, board foot. Yeah, of lumber. Yeah, it's a little clip from Mister DeSantis. Not all of our district normally open then, so so this is one of the first ones. I think they sent like one of the corporate media outlets sent some reporter down. They were trying to make fun of Baker, like all oh, these yokels are having kids go in school. How cra- how crazy are these people, right? The crazy people are the ones that are vaccinated, still wearing six masks in New York City. I mean, to be honest with you. Um, See, well, once again, they like to make a blanket rule to. We're going to cover this area the same as we do this area. If you live in Montana, you know, you have to be wear a mask outdoors when, you know, because you're in just as much danger as if you're in the middle of Times Square in New York outdoors when really none of it is in danger outdoors. But Well, it's, it's like I said, uh, I looked at some, some graphs of the most 
lockdown, mass mandate, wearing states, and ones that did absolutely nothing. And you can't tell the two of them apart. If, if there were not labels on the graphs saying which one's which, you basically couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. Here I got two clips talking about a uh, doctor that was on. <clears throat> He's talking about uh, the vaccine and I guess the, the natural immunity for those who have had the virus um, and those who are vaccinated and how just how our, you was, know, we're handling it. Wasn't there a person that actually died recently that was fully vaccinated? Uh, yeah, I think that he gives he goes into in this the numbers of how many have died and how many have been hospitalized and uh, I mean not from the vaccine, well, me- not from the vaccine itself. Oh, but oh. they said they contracted COVID and died after they were fully vaccinated. Uh, I haven't seen that because um, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody, I, or I haven't seen anything yet that has got it. There's been a few people, especially public people. I know Bill Maher was one that got it after he was or after his first shot. Um, I have to find the article again. It was from a, like one of the bigger news agencies, but it was a person that had taken both of their shots and then contracted COVID. Yeah. So they say. Um, as far as died. I know, nobody has even been hospitalized since. Get there have been people that have got it or have tested positive after having both vaccines. Everything else I've seen that 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 nobody's been hospitalized from it, that there had been people testing because because it's only like a ninety five percent positivity. So figure yeah. five out of every hundred that get it are are going to have a, an immune, you know, or could have a, a, a antibodies um, or, a, or not have strong enough antibodies to prevent it. Doesn't mean they're going to get it. It just means that because. <clears throat> I've I've heard a lot of different ones that I've been watching in the past couple of days. A lot of doctors that are talking that that we're in herd immunity right now. Yeah, through the vaccine and through natural immunity through all the people that have had it, that they think we're well into na- herd immunity now. So even if you're one of those five percent through the vaccine, um, that could still possibly get it. You're going to get it at a much lower level than if you hadn't had the vaccine. Um, but then the likelihood of you even coming in contact with somebody who is transmitting because so many people have been vaccinated and so many people who have, um, had it, that the likelihood of you coming, like, I mean, you're way less likely to come in contact today with somebody who's had it than you were say six months ago. Yeah. Um, and it's just going down every day. I don't know where I was going with that. But here, here's his, his thing on this. Well, let me, let me read this for your listeners. As of May 14th, 2021, from the Centers for Disease Control, they are reporting the data, and they tell uh, vaccine volunteers and doctors to look at this data. They tell you to look at this data. 12,625 hospitalizations after the vaccine 29,707 urgent care visits, 39,153 office visits. I just had two yesterday. 1,000, 
and 70 cases of anaphylaxis, that's a severe allergic reaction, 12, uh, 1,273 cases of Bell's, Bell's palsy where the face is uh, paralyzed on one side, and then 4201 deaths. Well, okay, and this is something important because just so you, I just went through this last year. My wife underwent a basic medical procedure, woke up, had GBS, uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, where they told her she, she can't, and I'm not anti-flu shot, by the way, I've gotten plenty of flu shots, but they told her it's a risk for her, and there are people. Can you think of, this is something I don't, I'm not a doctor, but have we ever given people a vaccine for a disease or virus that they've already had? So, for example, Rand Paul has talked about once I've had it, I don't need the vaccine. Right now, they're advocating that people who have had COVID get the vaccine. I can't think of any examples of that happening in the past. Is it common? There's only one example, and that's... um uh, in childhood, it's chickenpox. So mm. chickenpox manifests uh, uh, in childhood. Then later on, it comes back in the body as shingles. So we take a shingles vaccine. I guess you could say that we uh, take a pneumococcal vaccine, even if we've previously had pneumococcal pneumonia. But the general principle is, let's say for mumps and polio, and, and if somebody had mumps uh, in their childhood, we never would vaccinate them for mumps. Uh, we know with COVID-19, the wonderful thing about COVID-19, COVID-19, if those who have it have robust, complete, and durable immunity, there are no bona fide cases of someone getting it twice. None. There's about 100 in the literature that people have thought thought it could be a second case, and it's always a misinterpretation of one yeah, false Yeah, we, we went through these about a year ago. One of them was, right, the famous one, I believe, in China was an initial false positive and then actually had COVID. There were a right. couple of stories like that, right? Right. So you have that correct. Um, and we know from SARS-1, the first uh, form of the coronavirus, that there was complete immunity now for 17 years. The SARS-2 is about 80 to 90 percent the same as SARS-1. So uh, there's never been a case in America where anybody has ended up in the hospital twice with COVID-19. So, of course, we would never administer a vaccine to a COVID-recovered patient. I was on Laura Ingram last Thursday and there, I now presented three papers. There are three papers where 25% of people taking the vaccine have already had COVID. And guess what? They have a much higher rate of side effects, severe side effects. Gets into more of, yeah, if, if you've had the virus, such a low risk, if any, of getting it again. And if you do, if there is, it, it there's no evidence that it ever resulted in a severe illness where they were hospitalized and definitely not. You always have to weigh the, the pros and the cons. So, like in your case, Wolfie, having it, you know, there's no need to get the vaccine because, like I said, even with the vaccine, it's only 95% yeah. effective. I, and you have a natural I, immunity I, I, through it is way higher than that. I actually did find a, uh, a article I think it's CNN, but they're saying that uh, people who have been fully vaccinated, there have been some that have actually got the COVID virus and died. Uh, 246 fully vaccinated Michigan residents get COVID, three die. But here's the thing. Let's say like three years down the road since they decided to pretty much skip animal trials on this vaccine that it caused like, I don't know, let's just be facetious and say like brain plaque or something like that. Okay. Which I don't even know if that's a real thing or not, but let's say it does. And let's say if you get brain, brain plaque, you just, you end up going as like some kind of 
early onset dementia and die or get, you know, you, your brain swells and you, you die, whatever. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know if brain plaque's a real thing or not, but this is, and this is just a, for instance, because like I said, they totally skipped from the most part on this to see what would happen. They went straight from, okay, here we've got something that we think might work. Let's start putting it into people's arms and see what happens. And so basically we're the animals that they're testing their drugs out on. And that's a sobering thought. NBC Chicago because they don't care about us, the people dies of COVID-19. Right. See, I pulled this up. Those that you were talking about, the 246, that was 246 Michigan residents who were fully vaccinated that tested positive. Three of them, they say, may, three died, but they're still testing as to whether yeah. it was from COVID. Here's this one. Well, I didn't read the article. I just gave you the headline. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Here's one here. It's a. Uh... It's NBC Chicago, Channel 5 News. After fully vaccinated father dies of COVID-19, family hope story raises awareness. And that's, yeah, NBC, yeah, NBC Chicago. COVID vaccine, the mystery of breakthrough infections after shots. See reports 5,800 COVID-19 infections, 74 deaths in fully vaccinated people. Right. So 5,800 people who were fully vaccinated still got the disease and 74 of those 5,800 people died from it. Right. Yeah. There's a lot. That's, that's what we're saying. Five out of every hundred that get vaccinated can get it. It's only 95% effective. So if 5,000 people got vaccinated and 246 of them got it, that's right on course for where it should be. Now, if all 246 of them died, that'd be a problem. But then three of them, they break it down, three died. And then they go into all three were over 65, and all of them were within three weeks of the vaccine. We actually had another death here. So it wasn't like they got vaccinated and then a month or two later got it and then died from COVID. They were all within a week, a few weeks of the vaccine. We did, though. They actually announced another death here in Harlan yeah. today. From COVID or from COVID vaccine? Uh, just COVID. Probably COVID. But, yeah, that's what we were saying, that, that uh, yeah, it's only 5 per, or 95% effective. So you should expect 5 out of every 100 to get the vaccine, vaccine could get it. And that's what we figured up out of that Michigan group. Then if 5,000 were vaccinated, then those 246 would be right on course for how many people should have got it. Because not everybody, I mean, because not 100% effective. According to that other doctor, what's almost 100% effective is if you've had the virus and now you have a strong immune from it. And that's well, what he uh, said. Stronger immune system. For it, for COVID. Way stronger than what you right. have from, uh, yeah, the vaccine. I still wonder to mm -hmm. myself if I ever actually caught it or not and just never knew it. It's possible. That's why I think the number. Well, it, uh, it, yeah, and it, 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 it hits people different. Everybody's right. different. Right. Mine was, I mean, like a bad cold and. I still don't have my smell back. I mean, after however many months, but 
But neither does Reva. She can't smell or taste. Yeah. Now I never lost my taste, but I'm fine with not smelling. I'm kind of getting used to it, and it kind of comes in handy in spots. Hang on, I got I got to rip a good one. (laughs) (laughs) See right there. (laughs) But no, like we were saying with that, you can be riding in your SUV with your wife and rip a big fart, and she's like, "Oh, David, why'd you do that? Do what? I think I need some toilet paper. I don't smell it." (laughs) But like we were saying with that Michigan group. I think you the, did that. You're just three, trying to blame it on me. The three people who died out of the 246 that got it. Yeah, all of them were over 65. Mm-hmm. And within three weeks of getting the vaccine. And blood clots, I guess, is supposedly a big thing for some of them. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, I've heard all kinds of stuff that's gone along with these shots. Uh, right. There's been... You know, there's been people that have went deaf after getting their COVID shots. There's people that have went blind after getting their COVID shots. Uh, and, of course, there's all kinds of different, you know, heart attacks, blood clots happening to people after they get the shots. You know, I know a lot of people that's had this vaccine, and I'm sure both of you guys do, too. I know a lady that's literally pushing 100 years old and you know neither the first or second dose actually affected her at all she didn't even say her arm was sore and some people do and some people don't and it's just like the virus too i mean everything I just anytime you do anything with a mass number of people yeah i mean you give enough people peanuts some people are going to enjoy it and some people won't so it's like anything some people may go into anaphylactic shock yeah, because right. they're allergic. Right. So. I just can't help but wonder if there's like... It doesn't mean we get rid of peanuts, so... Well, I, I kind of wonder if it's like... Um, <laughs> no, we don't. Like how you were talking earlier, David, about how... Um, why why would people who's already had it need to take the vaccine when other COVID variants, they've never had to do anything like right. that? Well, what if it's kind of like pain medication and there's actually... Sometimes you might get the shot. Other times you might be getting a placebo. And well, it's a test for the, whatever is happening that we don't know. The whole agenda behind what we yeah, claim but that, that we're that, talking that's about. going a little farther conspiracy. <laughs> but uh, well, the news keeps talking about aliens too. I Again, mean, I, 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 if I put any conspiracy with this, with the vaccine and with any of this, it's it's just money. I think Elon Musk is an alien, and he's trying to get home. <laughs> Could be. He's trying to slowly take over the world. Here, I forgot I had this one clip. This was his uh, senator and it, asking uh, the woman from the CDC question. It's, uh, I don't remember what the testimony was from. but Can people go back to work if they've been vaccinated and not wear a mask, assuming they're not immunocompromised? Hey. We have about a third of people in this country who are vaccinated. We have about a third of counties in this country that still have over 100, 100 cases per 100,000. We are working to, uh, to uh, review our guidance and to update our guidance. We have put out three different guidance. I'm sorry, let me just ask again. If I'm vaccinated and I have antibody and I'm exposed to somebody else, what is my risk of coming down with symptomatic infection? Uh, 5%. Five percent if I'm no, that's overall, not if I've been vaccinated and if I have antibody, that's if I'm vaccinated overall. 
Correct. If we I don't have. I don't think we have data on what you're looking at. We did not check antibodies on everybody who was vaccinated. But we could. We, we absolutely, absolutely could, but could. to date, we only have information And we do know that if we're in a, if, if we know that critical mass or, or, or if we know that um, herd immunity is somewhere north of 60 or 70 percent, if we go into a workplace where within that workplace there is 100 percent immunization, such as here, um, we've, we've achieved herd immunity. Yeah, there's somebody in here that may not be responding to the vaccine, but because everybody else has, they're protected. That's nowhere reflected. And right now we have federal agencies, which we've had employees not working for a year because the union says that they have to have special workplace precautions for them to return to work. There is consequence to this kind of delay, as the stat article shows, of, of the kind of updating of these recommendations. The American people are incredibly frustrated. And as Senator Collins says, they're beginning to disregard what you say that's true. Because what you say, so much of what you say is patently not true. I have to wear a mask when, I, when I'm outside and the wind's blowing at 20 miles an hour. And that's been changed, but it was only changed recently. They seek not to believe those things which are true. You gotta realize. You gotta be more real time. Let me finish with this. I think, I don't know if it was a stat article, the New York Times appointed on the HIV epidemic. The recommendations were much more kind of calibrated to real life. Listen, we know people are going to do this. If you're going to do it, please accept this recommendation. This is a blanket. Walk outside and wear a mask. You're vaccinated and everybody else is in the room is vaccinated, but you're wearing a mask. The American people have just lost, just lost patience with us. But you guys, I just ask you to just kind of be aware of their frustration and get a little real time into updating these things. I'm sorry to be so frustrated. I respect you all and thank you for your service. And I, I think that was the day before the CDC changed their uh, guidelines. I was I was listening to the Dr. Bob Martin show. We're, I'm going to give a shameless plug here. Uh, Sunday. And he had a, I think it was, she was supposed to be an epidemiologist. And they were talking about wearing masks. And she was saying that the paper masks that most people wear are ineffective in stopping COVID. Right. And basically all they do is if you do like run into a big cloud of COVID, all that does is concentrate it all right there at your mouth. So instead of actually protecting you, it's actually a concentrator. It's a big cow catcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Have you seen those interesting videos that are uh, going around? Oh, this is going into the conspiracy side here. <laughs> those interesting videos of people taking those little uh, like paper surgical blue and white masks, boiling water, and then holding the blue side down over the boiling water as it steams up where you can see the white side. Of course, the side that goes over your mouth. And after mm -hmm. so long, it looks like there's these weird little squiggly things that they're claiming are nanofibers <laughs> that are there. And as you breathe and heat up the mask, they become active and then you breathe them into your body and they don't know what they're for. Very interesting videos, let me tell you. <laughs> they're like the uh, what's the one in the, the Matrix. At the oh, that brain worms. Yeah. Belly button thing. Yeah. Oh, well, we better wrap this up. All right. You can, like we always say, check us out wherever you get all your podcasts at. Uh, 
like, rate, and review. Uh, check us out on the Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, everywhere. Um, get all our info at uh, sociallysensitive.com. Here you go. See you later. Bye-bye. See ya. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from us, you can go to sociallysensitive.com and follow us on Instagram at sociallysensitive and on Twitter at sociallysense. Thanks again and see you next time. In the sky, gon' have to wait for me. I can smell your lies. Watch what you say to me. Cause I done seen a lot of shit that I can.